I'm Charlie Rossiter, and this is Poetry Spoken Here. And I'm particularly glad today to be bringing you a brand new feature of Poetry Spoken Here. We call it the Open Mic of the Air, a project I've dreamed about for a long time. A project I hope can put the internet to use at something it's extremely good at, and that is facilitating communication among people who are widely dispersed, helping us to get to know one another better. And of course, if it's through poetry, we hear like that the best. You know, the best open mics create a feeling of community. Like the title says, they're open, they're accepting, they're welcoming. They encourage mutual respect. And that's the norm. Over the years, I've seen countless friendships made at open mics, and I even know some couples. Yes, they met at open mics and married and are still together to this day. And so, in the spirit of community, we here at Poetry Spoken Here have created the open mic of the air to help all of us make poetic connections, even while all around us the world is keeping us apart physically by the corona pandemic. So let's get on to the poetry. We have a really exciting program for you today. We've got poets from Mexico, India, Brazil, both coasts of the United States, as well as the heartland. And so before we get started, let me just say something I would always say at a live open mic. You can rant, you can chant, you can shout, get it out, get it down, get it off, off your chest, off the page. Share your mission, share your glory, share your vision, tell your story. Take a moment in the sun. The mic is open. And the first person at our open mic of the air is a friend of mine, longtime friend, Dan Wilcox from Albany, New York. Dan is the kind of guy who walks into an open mic and if the number one slot is not filled, he puts his name right on it. He likes to do that, so I thought it appropriate to have Dan be our first poet. He's a member of Three Guys from Albany Poetry Performance Group, and he, he keeps a blog in which he documents the poetry scene in Albany, New York. Right now, he's going to do a poem for you to kick things off. This is Dan Wilcox from Albany, New York. I'm going to be reading my poem, Hanging Over the Edge. It was written this past February on Cape Ann in Massachusetts, and it describes the cottage I was staying at on Wonson Cove. Hanging Over the Edge. The clock ticks loudly towards midnight until the round light of morning is green, then blue. While the tide goes out, changes its mind, comes in, decides to leave again. The old writer is remembered as risotto, remembered, too, for his words plucked from the sea, like a gull who dives into the leaving tide. Blank books scattered about here wait for lines, mine or yours, to challenge the printed pages to stand up to silence and to the cries and moans of existence and described them as if they were spawning fish. There is always something on the water, 
gulls, ducks scattered like buoys, the slow drift of boats sitting low, like those pictures dreamed last night that disappear into shadows in the ripples on the cove. Now let's skip out to the northwest corner of the United States. Port Towns in Washington, to be specific. Our next poet is Andrew Shaw. He's won numerous literary awards, contributed content to the BBC, worked as director of content for several pop cultural outlets. He has created an interesting institution called Silent Academy. Uh, they find new and creative ways to put poetry in public places. And he has people all over the world doing this with him. So it's a wonderful thing he's doing. You can find out about it at silentacademy.com. My name is Andrew Shaw. I'm originally from Nottingham in England, but I now live in a city called Port Townsend on the Olympic Peninsula in the Pacific Northwest. This piece is from a pamphlet called Items of Subtle Disclosure, um, and it's called On the Nature of Motifs. Imagine the skyline of a city and a whale in flight above the rooftops. Imagine all the measures of distance and meaning that you pinned to maps in your sleep. Take your fingers. Imagine that they are small feathers and your body a dissolving cloud of memory. Realize that it is true. We dig in and whisper to the earth that we are not ready. We burn things into ash, yet the world can never break. Look at your room, the elements and artifacts that you gather. Look outside, inhale the weather. Realize there is nothing to make sense of, not even the great unknowable momentum of distant lighthouses or ridiculous moons. Call down the whale. Allow the birds to swim and sing through the hidden tunnels of your heart. Write down what this means to you. And now, here's our first international poet from San Luis Potosi in central Mexico. It's a little bit north of uh, Mexico City. Well, a couple hundred miles, actually. And I'm going to just say it's uh, Leonidas because, Leonidas, I'm sorry, I know I would really do a terrible job attempting to pronounce your full name. So, Leonidas from San Luis Potosi. Hello, audience. My name is Leonidas Honquitud Rodriguez. I'm from San Luis Potosi, Mexico. This is Memento et Pasad. The moment isn't something you'll feel slowly. The love isn't something passenger. The death isn't sad nor happy. Please help me understand why we portray this lowliness of events or a quick summer love or the sadness of death because of the memory. Happiness is stopping suffering 
loving is missing of future selves. Death is being f happy for the future. The moment. The moment is feeling the melancholic slow pass of the past events, enjoying the hopes of the future love, avoiding death while missing her, saying goodbye to the things you never saw or will never get to see. Back in the USA now, our next poet is John Barry. He's in Winchester, Virginia. I'd call him a good old boy because he is one. He has a new book called The Lawnmower Poems, just out from Foothills Publishing. And uh, right now, when he's not writing poetry, he's a woodworker and he volunteers for the arts and for the local hospice. Hi, this is John Barry, and I'm coming to you from Winchester, Virginia. This is a poem I wrote fairly recently. It's called How to Teach Poetry. First, hand out paper and pens. But tell them words are only slender hairs in the ear canal bending in the wind of sound. They will want to write that down. But tell them first that ink is the beggared cousin of blood, then direct them to the juice of lemons and candles and matches. Now they will be thoroughly confused, and they'll lay their palms flat on the desk. They will sit, rigid as sixpenny nails, making crow's feet of their fingers. At this point, you will want to say tarantula, hemlock, umbrella, and watch as they prick the wood of their chairs with their spines. Tell them, now you are ready. Dip your fingers in the sweat forming on your brow and smear it on the paper as though this was the first day of creation and you are here to do the bidding of God. We can always use a few thoughts about how to teach poetry, I'd say. And then we apply them to ourselves and try to write better poems, eh? Our next poet is Jeannie E. Roberts. She's from Chippewa Falls, Wisconsin. That's in the upper Midwest of the U.S. She's authored several books, including a couple of children's books. And she's an editor for the online literary mag, Halfway Down the Stairs. You can also see her visual art at jrcreative.biz, B-I-Z. jrcreative.biz. Hello, I'm Jeannie Roberts from Chippewa Falls, Wisconsin. The title of my poem is The Tempo of Gratitude. The drab stubble of corn fills farmer's field. Winter's sleepy call still stalls the earth. Runoff flows slowly. The creak of pine and poplar call to cattail, where bouffant batons conduct an amphibian serenade. Ephemeral ponds swell and hum, brim and thrum with breeding hymns, 
prelude to the rise of life. Elsa Vaticus chatters while P. Crucifer trills in high-pitched refrain, as if thankful the emergence of warmth shapes awakenings, sets appreciation to song. Can you feel its tempo, its beatitude of beat? There are drums. They are pounding. Convey your gratitude. Now repeat. Thank you. This poem was inspired by a spring walk on a country road in Chippewa Falls, Wisconsin. Thanks. G.E. Schwartz is from the town of Henrietta, New York. It's about 70 miles east of Buffalo, New York, right near Rochester. He's the author of several books, including the forthcoming Chaos and Old Night. I've also known G.E. for a long time. I'm really happy to hear his voice here on the show. In fact, when you think about it, don't these voices sound good? I was so impressed the first time I listened to the recordings. And it's, it's a tribute, I think, to the poets and the care that they took in making these recordings. Someone who didn't like poetry could listen to this anyway just for the appreciation of the expressive human voice. At least it seems that way to me. Hello, this is G.E. Schwartz with my poem, The Searchers. I watch the searchers and cannot think of our grim, cruel machines. I read Milton on Euripides, the tragedy verse in Electra, how it served to charm Sparta to spare Athens. But back to Milton, his On the Late Massacre, pleading with God to avenge who were thy sheep and in their ancient fold, whom the Phimites rolled mother with infant down the rocks, this grimy machine of expression portioning off Locos proclaimed divine. When did makers not live in destitute times, nourished, nuanced over decades our bloody adventures? Pulled down by vanity, it coheres our works in the works of lyric balm, solvent, no key to unlock hidden bliss or fairest hope. No exemption for the one who wrote of the Messiah arriving on a tank, more from the other who began each pitch into the spinning doom machine with a pastoral, urbane in its love of sunsets through the span of new bridge works, music of free jazz, blues well-smoked, garden city scenes flowing from brick and mortar to the plains that blew out skylines, littering plazas with those who leapt from heights medieval, a fuse speared on metal palings, or the spare tree's forked branches, new strange fruit. Yet no logic, no words could divide us plain air, nor would Cartesian symmetry even balance the sharp passions of our bodies. We sang, 
We sand our masking music flowing ever cleanly through the self. We counter sand, abide with me, om chant, oremus, kiddish, kaddish, now. Now let's hear from Charles Castle out in Eugene, Oregon. He runs a wonderfully named open mic called Burning Down the Barns, B-A-R-N-E-S, because his open mic happens at, yeah, Barnes and Noble. He's authored several books, and they're available on Amazon. That's Charles Castle. My name is Charles Castle. I'm a poet in Eugene, Oregon. This poem is titled Poetry in the Time of Coronavirus. In my mind, I see the blue plastic tarp I wrap your body in, and the neighbor who helps me carry you out. I see the clematis flowers I place on you and how quickly their blossoms brown. Even from birth we carried in our susceptible nature the virus of our demise. Perhaps it is I who falls in fourteen days in a battle the virus wins, and it is you who sees the last blossoms of the flowering plum as a shower of tears on your windshield that final hour when you drive away. But today, with so much uncertain fear, with so little to do but wait while rows of beds fill in panicked halls of hospitals. We isolate under blue sky and spring sun. I bury the seeds of peas in March soil and watch with a different kind of waiting. My beds are raised, rich, with a green hope, but my poems are fevered with sadness. The idea of death brightens the light love shines for you. All this time, your spoken words have filled me. Tell me, what of these days will accomplish that purpose now? Our next poet up has something different for you, and I think you're going to really like it. He's from the Hudson Valley in upstate New York. That means he's uh, up the Hudson River, maybe 100 miles or so, or maybe 50 to 100 miles from New York City. It's Ralph Caracillo. His first book's available at Amazon, and what he's bringing to us that's different, if we were at a live open mic, I couldn't tell you the name of the poem because I wouldn't know. But I would see the instruments being set up by the people who are going to accompany him. So here we go, a little performance poetry, and that's always nice to have at an open mic. It just makes things fun. My name is Ralph Carosillo. I live in the Hudson Valley in New York. This poem is called The Last Avenue.
doesn't know how to stop or what's being lost by continuing. Once taken, there's no coming back. road must end somewhere. You shouldn't be this far down. What's behind you is now gone. All chances to survive wasted. Back turned on helping hands. Hollow arms will never hold you. Trading your soul for something vile, white heat burning all you know, left you behind, went out of gas. Living on streets with blank-eyed friends, Holding bony hands, crying dry tears. Only distant sirens wail for you today. Recovery's only a phone call away. Your hand can't even hold the receiver. Dial tone is the only life left. Final flicker of light is red, horizon slowly drifting to black, headstoned, but can't enjoy it anymore. And now we're going to hear from a woman from Panchkula, India. She is a internationally known poet for her work with Tonka and prose, won a bunch of awards. It's Vandana Parashar. I hope I did okay on that one. She's way up in northern India, a little bit of India that sticks up there, which puts her roughly between Pakistan and Tibet. I looked everybody up on the map because, to me, that's part of the fascination of this project, the poetry and the fact that it comes from so many different and 
fascinating locations. Hi, I'm Vandana Parashu from Panchkula, India. I'm an internationally published haiku and tanka poet. My debut e-chapbook, I Am, is available at Title IX Press. I'm going to read a tanka prose titled A Leap of Faith. Tanka, to quote a well-known haiku poet, Ellen Summers, are five-line poems well-grounded in concrete images, yet infused with lyric intensity. Tanka prose is a hybrid of the two modes of writing, verse and prose. Too embarrassed to look me in the eye, he stares at his hands and says, I'm so, so sorry. What am I supposed to do? Should I shout and cry and feel less of a woman because he cheated on me? Should I feel grateful that it was only one time, as he says? Or should I be relieved that he himself told me about it, appreciate his honesty and take it as a sign that he values me? Signaling storm, the sky turns fiery red. I watch as the house of cards comes tumbling down. Our next poet is Sandy Rochelle from New Jersey. I couldn't find what town she's in, but I got the feeling she's up north, pretty close to the big city of New York. And she has some interesting credentials. She's an award-winning poet, actress, and filmmaker. And she got the World Peace Prayer Society's Poetry Prize. And here's an award I didn't know existed. She is a New York State Mother of the Year. I couldn't find out what year, but a New York State Mother of the Year. Now, that's pretty cool. You don't hear that every day. We've got an open mic here. If we were all in the same room, we'd be astonished. We'd never stop talking. We'd still get the poems, but, you know, we'd have a real good time in between and during the intermission. And then we'd stay late. Two mothers all alone in a sandbox. We sit together, unidentified allies, two mothers in a sandbox, she with a child missing arms and me with you, different in your own way. We understand each other, she and I, but we speak only of inconsequential things, trying to mislead God into believing that we no longer mind. We are cast away alone, away from the chosen, silently becoming children ourselves, listeners of the wind, friends of no one sitting silently in a circle, sifting sand, survivors in an undeclared war. We're going back to the middle of the United States now for the poet Dottie Jocelyn, who is also a certified applied poetry facilitator. And here comes her poem. My name is Dottie Jocelyn from Springfield, Missouri. Virus 2. The magnolias in my front yard are blooming. There is a blue jay sitting on my fence, peeping, and spring rain is greening up my lawn. Daffodils are showing their faces en masse in the medians of our city streets. Regardless of our human condition, the natural world is continuing its normal flow. From winter into spring, it marches without pause, not looking back to see if we're coming along with it. And we can, of course. It's one thing not denied us. 
being in the open air, breathing in the scent of soft, moist earth, walking the wooded paths, we can embrace the transformation that makes our spirits soar. Our next poet is also from the state of New York. If we seem a little heavy on the state of New York, well, I've lived in the Northeast for quite a while and for a decade in Albany. So uh, it's a little bit not surprising in these kind of things, a new project like this. I'm not surprised that people with maybe a little familiarity would not hesitate to submit their work. You know, in live open mics, an awful lot of people show up once or twice to just listen and case the scene. And then they decide they're ready to get on up and, and do their own work. And in fact, let me take this opportunity to remind you, the Open Mic of the Air is looking for submissions. Go to PoetrySpokenHere.com. At the top of the page, you'll see where to click for the guidelines. Please do follow the guidelines. It's me and Jack here running the show, and it really helps us if you follow the guidelines. They're designed to help us keep all the submissions organized and not overlook anybody or inadvertently slight anyone. So if you do that, you got five minutes to do your poem. And if you want to say a little bit about it, whatever. So next poet up is from Newburgh, New York. As I said, nearby, Michael Glassman. And it's a poem that uh, is observation of everyday human behavior, he told me. And when he said that, it kind of reminded me of those Lawrence Ferlinghetti poems where he sits in a cafe and tells you something about the people sitting at a table across the way. So here's Michael Glassman. My name is Michael Glassman. I live in Newburgh, New York. This poem was inspired by me watching an elderly couple cross the street. The man using his walker with his wife by his side, had seemed frightened to step off the curb. Drop zone. He leans on his walker to step into the street. Her right hand clutches his left arm. A bulwark to his hapless fate, she matches her stride to his faltering gait. Harder now than in grassy marshland, not enough a span of 80 years to conquer his recurring fears. When you hit the ground, he was told, assemble here atop this road. Many a brother he saw drown. There was only marsh where they came down. Her right hand clutches his left arm. She detaches his chute so he could stand to begin their climb out of no man's land. Still a bulwark to his hapless fate, she matches her stride to his faltering gait. And now we're going down to South America. Our first South American poet is from Rio de Janeiro, Brazil. It's Luisa Mushniki. And she uh, is reading her poem in Portuguese as well as in English. And I think you'll find it very a very beautiful language to listen to. I certainly did, and realized I had hardly ever heard Portuguese spoken. So, Luisa. Hi, poetry listeners and lovers. My name is Luisa. I'm from Brazil. The poem I'm about to read to you was written in English, which is not my mother tongue, 
because it was inspired by an article I read in the New Yorker called Allergy for Iris Murdoch, and it reproduces a note uh, Iris Murdoch's husband found among her writings. It's called Accident. Accident to Iris Murdoch. Notes about that evening. Restaurant was a disaster. Can't remember what we ate. Wine was tasteless. St. Anthony's dance. We didn't dance much. Fell down the steps and seemed to have fallen in love with G. For sale. Old paints. Near deaths. Fake epiphanies. Fear of the dark. Fear of the end of love. Luck in gambling. Frights. Swollen calves, hangovers, heartburns, broken nails, shards. Now in Portuguese. Vendo. Dores antigas, quase mortes, falsas epifanias, medo do escuro, medo do fim do amor, sorte no jogo, sustos, panturrilhas inchadas, Ressacas, azias, unhas quebradas, cacos. Wrapping up our first open mic of the air from Cape Cod, Massachusetts, on the Atlantic coast, Romy Maimon. And she wrote saying that she'd never been to an open mic, and one of her goals for this year was to get out to a couple of open mics in her in her community and uh, see what that was about and present her poetry. And the pandemic came along and that opportunity went away, but amazingly she happened to find one of our calls for submissions. And so we've got her poem here to wrap us up. Romy Maimon, Cape Cod, Massachusetts, titled I Wish. I wish I could stand upon the magical hill in a place of dreams. Stars falling around me, shining their secrets in my gazing eyes. The moon above me glowing its warmth on my pleading body. The sun behind me making my path clear to somewhere beyond. My dreams surrounded me like ghosts sent to protect my soul. I wish that my heart was smaller so that I could fill it with only good. My mind calm so the demons pass beneath me like the invisible wind my body tingling with the pleasure of all that I knew existed. I wish that I could find a way to the wonderment that I feel inside, mystical and romantic and intense in its ever-present existence, the blue sky engulfing me and all that is created by my imagination, the deep water around me lapping at my floating feet and sharing its fantasies, my dreams bursting inside, waiting to be freed to show me the way. I wish I was less and I wish I was more, I wish I was the glittering light that travels through space, that time was something more than what was given. My dreams send me magical images so that I know I belong somewhere. If not here, perhaps that hill will be waiting for me when I close my eyes again. I'm Charlie Rossiter, and this has been Poetry Spoken Here, our very first episode of The Open Mic of the Air, 
to which you are invited to submit. So, be with us again next time to let poetry speak to you. You've been listening to Poetry Spoken Here. I'm Charlie Rossiter, inviting you to join us again next time to let poetry speak to you. Music for today's program was written and performed by Jack Rossiter Mundley. And remember, Poetry Spoken Here is more than a podcast. You can like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash poetry spoken here. Follow us on Twitter at twitter.com slash poetry spoken here. For more about today's show and other Poetry Spoken Here podcasts, as well as our blog, just visit our website, poetryspokenhere.com. If you'd like to submit suggestions of poets or topics for future podcasts, you can send to our email address, poetryspokenhere at gmail.com.